and welcome to another episode of Talk Gopher Buckets. I'm Luke Buer. This is Ryan James of Gopher Illustrated and Prep Hoops. All right, Ryan. Um, it's been a while since we chatted. Uh, I thought it was a good opportunity to get together, number one, um, because the 2020 uh, short period recruiting window has kind of come to a close for the University of Minnesota. And once again, Richard Patino, uh, he made quite the coup uh, in, re- in, in, regards to, uh, in regards to short period recruiting, landing uh, Booth Gotch, uh, Liam Robbins, um, Johnson. Boy, I mean, in general, he just did well. Yeah, it's it's kind of become a little of a tradition where Minnesota kind of, you know, fills up. It does two things in the spring. They pick up some immediate needs that usually go over pretty well in their lineup, and then they fill out the back end of their roster. Um, and then that sometimes, and then that can be a hit or miss. And as as we've learned over the years, Richard Patino has been highly successful in that spring short window recruiting. Whereas in the past, the people that were here before him did not do so well. So it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a good thing. And, you know, the, the crew that you just mentioned, which is Robbins and Gotch, Johnson, and David Mutef from... Right, Atlanta. I forgot about him. Yes, yes. Um, it's since they brought the, since they landed those guys, you know, that the transfer rankings have been very kind to Minnesota, as they should be, because the Gophers likely grabbed three starters, depending on how healthy Eric Curry is and how much progress Isaiah Enan makes. But they've likely grabbed three starters. Uh, also, I suppose we get to wait in the waivers. Yeah. We grab three starters from this crew. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to take you through some of our text message history here. Um, I texted you on May 14th at 8.04 p.m. I just sent you a tweet that said, Utah sophomore guard Booth Gotch will declare for the NBA draft. Told me he will transfer if, if he removes his name. The sophomore guard averaged 10.7 points this past season. I, I sent along with that text message, how much would you like a Packer in maroon and gold? Uh, you promptly replied, actually within the minute, uh, that would be super cool. And then here we go. I took a screenshot of that and sent it to you on uh, June 16th. And here we are. Booth Gotch is now a gopher. So as, as, a, yeah. as an alumni of Austin, Minnesota, how excited are you to see a Packer uh, suiting up in the maroon and gold? Well, I'm su- I'm super excited because you have you know when you grew up in Austin, you know basketball wasn't a really big sport. Like it was kind of like the second sport that everybody else played. Um, and there was good players there, but there was you know like I'm, I played with you know like Ben Bouchard was a senior when I was a sophomore, and Ben coached locally, and he played some D two basketball and. You know, Brian Elward played with my brother, and he wouldn't call it out Scott, I believe. But there was never, you know, and Mike Wirtz actually, he pitched in the A's. Um, I mean, if Mike, he actually started school. So, I mean, if Mike cared to be, you know, if he wasn't doing so well with baseball, basketball, basketball, and football, basketball was the best thing. But, like, we didn't, it wasn't quite the, a huge scheme. Um, what's really crazy is, like, in the 50s and 60s, Austin used to produce D1 dudes like crazy. I didn't realize that until I did a little research, but it's been a long time, and you know, since there was a guy good enough from Austin. Now we've had some recent D1 guys like Joe AC and Agua Nuish and AJ Nuish should get to D1 some point. But dude, both both on another level, and it's really cool. And it's when he played here, when Utah played here, there was a big pocket of Austin, Minnesota fans that were here just cheering for both. They mm-hmm. care about Utah, probably didn't care much about the golfers. They cared about Booth, and mm-hmm. they were in the crowd cheering for Booth. Yeah, that's that. It is really cool and really exciting. I'm I'm number one uh, excited, you know, for the Gophers to land a guard, guard of his caliber, um, and really a two way guy, right? Um, which is which both of us are very uh, very happy about. We like two way players, um, but I'm also excited for you because I know how excited you are to have to have a, a Packer in the Gopher lineup. So that is that is going to be really fun. Um, I, we touched on Liam Robbins previously. This is arguably the. the the highest profile recruit maybe the Gophers got. This is somebody that 
a lot of people project to be have a potential to be an NBA player. Uh, the seven foot center will replace Daniel Arturo, who likely will be drafted here sometime. Is it Oct- the October time frame? Um, who even knows now with the pandemic? But uh, Liam Robbins is probably one of, if not the most impressive hauls that they got in this short period recruiting window. Assuming he can step on the court right away. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's seamless because nothing's truly seamless. You're not getting a, a, a completely, you're not getting the same product. You're getting a different player, but you're going to get, you're going production to production. It's not, it's, it's a transition from a good player to a good player. And, and, and that's it's, it's a big deal. Um, Liam Robbins is a, is a different player, but he's a guy who has, he's a self-made guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't recruited in high school. You know, he's really worked and reshaped his body. Everything he, he, he is, in, is in front of him. Like, basketball is a unique game in that there are some guys who become big names when they're young. And they hit a spot in their college careers where they really no longer like have that fire, you know. And the guy that comes up to mind recently is Alex Okanen. Like they say, he's just nasty. We believe in his natural. Well, you know, and, and he had been a big name ever since he was like eighth, ninth grade. Well, <clears throat> Liam's the opposite. And there are guys like this, especially the teenagers. Whereas, you know, they go to college and they're not known, and then they. Or a prep school, and they're not known, and they work, and they work, and they work, and all of a sudden, like they're they're one years, you know, for, by the way, uh, they're wonder years. I, I think Wonder years. All I had it was I have friends that in my head, and I think now they're remaking the Wonder Years. Is that true? Like I, I saw that there's a new Wonder Years. <laughs> and it's all I noticed. I don't know who's in it or anything. I just I just saw that stuff. Anyway, I distracted myself with the Wonder Years. But like, you know, Liam Robbins, like he found that desire, found that itch, found that love, found that work ethic. You know, late in the later years, and it's it could propel him to great things. And while it's propelling him to great things, it's going to happen when he's in maroon and gold. It could help the Gophers. Yeah, he he had a, a good early career at Drake too, right? Got an opportunity and kind of made the best of it. Um, and hopefully we'll step in. I, I'm not expecting him to be equivalent to Daniel Arturo, but you know, I don't think there's going to be as steep a drop off as maybe we expected when Daniel went pro, right? Um, or declared to go pro. Uh, it, Without a doubt. Yeah, like, that's the I biggest thing. he'll be better than a lot of the centers we've seen in the last 20 years. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about David Mutoff. The, he's from oh, an Eastern European country. I, I want to say Turkey, right? Um, he, he committed. You kind of hinted at that the last time we chatted. Um, you had this seemingly had some sort of scoop there. Um, an international player looks to, looks to have a little bit of offense. Um, maybe the defense is a little suspect, who knows? Uh, but definitely somebody that can maybe stroke it from deep, which is something that the Gophers obviously want out of guys of, of that size, somebody that can spread the floor. Or it's going to come down to, he's going to have to shoot the ball once to see some time. Um, the, you know, can film lie? Yes. Um, but the highlight so highlight highlight clips lie like a politician. Um, full games when you watch multiple full games, yes, they can lie, but they they not as much. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you're looking when you look at it, in those games, you know, there were some time ago, so things could have changed. But based on the games that we, you know, I know a lot of fans watch, I I studied defensively. There's there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But man offensively he's he's got some juice and don't just think he's a shooter either sure like there's a little more juice to this kid you know in those in the, in the games i watched there's some more juice to this kid than i think people fully expected but coming here you know you're talking about a backcourt that should have marcus Carr, jamal mashford and gabe kelsher trey williams and uh and booth gotch like cracking that group right now is not gonna be is not gonna be simple. So if he's if he plays, it's because that shot is on and he cracks the lineup. You know that's mm-hmm. that's just the that's just the way it is. So, but it, it's a good piece of the future because they need shooters. You know, 
Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe lastly, just to tie out uh, the transfer from Western Michigan, Johnson, I'm forgetting his first name. Um, God, what Brandon. Is, Brandon Johnson. Um, he's a productive guy coming from coming from the Mac. Um, you maybe like we've talked about previously, maybe the stats will drop a tiny bit, but he's going to be solid. They're going to add some athleticism, maybe a step up from what we saw in Alihan Demir, um, but not necessarily a world beater, but likely a starter. What he's going to do more than Alihan is he's going to rebound better and he's going to play more physical. Just like there's times where, you, you know, Alihan did some good things, but he wasn't physical enough. Brandon Johnson will do those same things, but be more physical, which will give you more rebounding, more defense, better box out hits, and a little bit more physical, you know, physical approach on the offensive end. I, I think it's going to be a step up. Um, I, don't, you, I don't think you can expect Brandon Johnson to come in here and be on the Trevor McWalkway level, for no. example. Right. But I think you could come in here, you can expect him to come in here and be a, a Keem Springs version of the power forward spot. Sure. You know, he can add some toughness, some juice, um, and be, you know, an intelligent guy who's in position defensively, who works hard and brings aggressiveness. As much as I think, you know, Alihan Demir probably, it was never expected that he played as much as he did. He was supposed to add depth, not, mm-hmm. you know, play all the time, but then Eric Curry gets hurt and you're left with that. Um, so I, I think he gets a little bit of a bad rep for some of those things. You know, he did shoot in for, at the 40th percentile and wasn't that physical, but we never, I never expected him to be that physical. I was never, we never saw that in anything he ever did. We just expected him to shoot better. Mm-hmm. Well, Brandon Johnson is going to be a step up from that. And in that, assuming, I'm assuming that's what's going to start at the power forward position. Again, the unknown though, is Eric Curry. Like every fan, every golfer fan is at home cheering when the games finally start, whenever the hell that's going to be, um, that everyone's cheering that, you know, Eric Curry is ready to roll and they can cheer for the guy that they wanted to cheer for since 19 or since 2017. All right. Let's chat a little bit about, uh, obviously we know that um, Mutoff and Johnson are going to play one, a grad transfer, one going to be a freshman. Um, they're going to have no issue getting onto the court uh, in, in in the, you know, in, at least in the 2020, 2021 season, assuming it happens, we'll get to that later. Um, but let's talk Booth, Gotch, Liam Robbins. What's the likelihood of those guys getting waivers, maybe in your opinion, or maybe what you're hearing so far along those lines? Booth, Gotch, if Booth, Gotch doesn't get a waiver, I'll, I'll be as shocked as I've ever been. I, he's coming home. He's got his, his mom has, I believe a back ailment. Um, there's, you know, she's, ha- she's having her struggles. Um, I can't, I'm not exactly sure. I don't have the full details on that. So it's, I can't give you exactly what it is, but you have a medical ailment at home. You have a pandemic. You have everything that's going on in society. Uthgotch might be one of the easiest, tra- like most obvious waivers of all time. Mm-hmm. And you can almost look back at somebody that's transferred home because of medical and transferred home because of, I don't you know, like, like, like double them up. And like, he, this, this should be one of the most obvious waiver, you know, exceptions or whatever you call it that you all, you will ever see. Yep. Um, I, I'd be blown away shocked if he didn't get his waiver passed. And the thing about that is like, people are wondering when for, for guys to get a waiver, they have to get on campus they have to be enrolled, accepted. They have to have passed physically, all that stuff. Booth is now in that, you know, it was just recently that all that has happened for Booth. Then they can apply for the waiver. Mm-hmm. Liam Robbins, all that stuff happened before Booth. So he was applied before that. Liam Robbins, uh, the, the word that, the, excuse me, it's a combination of words. What I've been told, is that the Gopher staff is cautiously optimistic. So and usually when they're cautiously optimistic, that's, that, 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 that's almost... When I heard that Booth... When I heard that Booth Gotch was going to be a Gopher... Excuse me. When David Mutes was going to be a Gopher, I heard that from... Um, I heard that from another, staff, from another coaching staff that was recruiting it. And... What... Sorry, my daughter interrupted the podcast. What's up? All right. Sorry, Gopher Nation. 
Emma James. <laughs> Emma, Emma James needed to know what who I was talking to. Um, so, so, uh, okay. So when I was talking to that other staff member, they said, I heard the Gophers were cautiously optimistic that they were going to land date. Well, then there was cautiously optimistic that they were going to get Blue Scotch. Mm-hmm. Then, then the third time, so now I, I'm going to cautiously optimistic that they're going to, the Liam's waiver is going to be passed. I don't know as much detail on that. Like, I, I, it's going to have a lot to do with during the current world situation, the family wanting their son and the son and Liam, the son wanting to be with family, which is uncle Ed Conroy and cousin, um, um, Hunter Conroy, Hunter Conroy. And I'm assuming there's other family members. I guess I don't know who at all family members from the Conroy family are here, but I'm assuming there's other ones here that that's going to be the basis of it. I don't know that that's as cut and dry as Booth, but then again, Booth's transfer is the most cut and dry one in America right now. Yep. So, you know, that's about as cut and dry as there is. So it sounds like they're cautiously optimistic. I believe they will have both. I believe most waivers are going to go through this year. So if anything happens to differ, is different, I would be surprised. All right. This is probably the elephant in the room, but what are the odds, well, one, that we actually get college basketball? Assuming we do, when do you think it actually starts? Do you have any, is there any rumblings you're hearing right now? I got to imagine now that, you know, AAU's up and running, you know, there's, there's more chatter than there was previously when AAU wasn't up and running. All chatter right now is revolving around football. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and because the, what is the MEAC, M-E-A-C canceled theirs, and Ivy League canceled theirs, because those things have happened, a lot of people have kind of shut the door on the rest of college football. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's the right, maybe that's right. Maybe that's going to happen. But like Ivy league, Ivy league, the football is kind of like, is I believe the Ivy league football is almost, uh, you know, it loses more money than it makes. Whereas dude, the universities in major conference football, they, they profit so much off college football. I, I would be surprised if they didn't find a way to do it. Um, ah, I don't need, maybe I'm missing something, but from what, from what I hear, most people don't think we're going to have college football. Yeah. I hear that too. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I'm a little surprised by that because, you know, I think we're going to have NFL football. I think we're going to have at one point NBA, NFL, NHL, and MLB all at the same time and MLS. And if all of that's going on, I just don't understand why major college football wouldn't be played. Yeah, I, 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 I do have a hypothesis on that. I think the major difference there is that you know those players in in the NCAA are not compensated as a professional, right? So if you're putting them playing effectively, I know they're compensated in the form of a scholarship and stipends these days, but it's it's not anywhere near what uh, you know what like a professional athlete is going to get, right? So my assumption is there's probably some sort of like workers comp type lawsuit that they might be worried about being put into a situation where they may not be able to protect themselves much like, um, you know, much like a, you know, it's just challenging being a student going to a large university and then being actively participating in a sport where you're going to be, it's going to be hard to protect yourself in football, you know, when you're hitting each other, et cetera, from, you know, not probably being able to wear a mask or something. I'm not entirely sure. That's totally speculation on my part, but it just feels more challenging because it's a student athlete versus an employee. And and that would make, that would make sense. Um, I just, but on the flip side, there's so much money involved here. So much. That I, 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 I would be surprised if there was a cancellation. A delay? Yes. Uh, a, de- a long delay? Also, yes. But a cancellation would really, that would surprise me. Just because 
there's so much money involved. And then even you turn it to college basketball, like, I've heard thoughts of, you know, starting later. And which would make sense to me. Um, I don't know, Luke. I guess I'm optimistic that this world is finally, like, I think the, I'm optimistic that at some point we catch a break. Either medically, you know, either medical in nature, medically, some way we catch a break. And by, by around Christmas, we're starting to head towards positives. Yeah. You know, um, I think we'll have college basketball. I just, I, I think it'll be later. And that's kind of what I've heard. But again, nothing, so little is definitive right now. Definitive, did I say that right? Yeah. I don't know if I said that right. That's fine. <laughs> but whatever. Dude, do you ever watch, I don't know how, I guarantee you our fan base doesn't watch like the Bella Twins, that show on E. But, I, like, ha- I have no idea what you're talking about, so I definitely don't watch it. Okay. Well, I'm a pro wrestling fan, and my you wife, are. You know, yeah. my wife watches. Yes, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. And you know what? In the last, like, I go, I, I have little flows here and there. I get into it, get out of it. But, dude, we have no sports. Oh, yeah. So I am heavy into it right now. Are you kidding? And so <laughs> my wife likes to watch Bella's show. And I'll watch it. Dude, there's, like, Daniel Bryan's on there all the time. I love Daniel Bryan. <laughs> so I'll watch it. And these girls mess up their vocabulary, like, in hilarious ways all the time. <laughs> and I kind of feel like I'm the same. So. Oh, you're fine. He, okay, here, here's, here's my thought, right? We, you made a point that, like, hopefully we can, as a society, catch a break, right? I, I think that we're getting, you know, science moves slow. And I think we're getting closer to understanding how to combat this virus in a, you know, in, in a, in a reproducible way. But... Right now, I think one of the things, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get political about this at all. I, I don't particularly care what people's political beliefs are. I, I'm a firm believer in science. That's what I. That's the vocation that I work in. But like, masks help. Like, you look at New Zealand. You look at tons of different countries that are seeing much, much, you know, f- much fewer transmissions, etc. I understand if it's taking away your free will by someone's telling you you have to wear a mask, but man, if we can get back to some semblance of normal and all you have to do is wear a mask, dude, I'm all for it. I am uh, so am I. I mean, I don't know. You said you hate to get political. I don't, every, <laughs> never in my life has life been more political. Oh, for sure. Never. And, now, and maybe that's because I'm older and I pay attention more, but I don't remember a time in my life where politics was so involved in everything that I am involved in in life. It is almost impossible to do much without, you know, to have a conversation of anything in life right now where politics doesn't jump in. And as far as my, I, I believe in politics, I believe it this way. When it comes to politics, I don't know that I'm in any situation to tell somebody what to believe because politics are based on your job, your career, where you live, what, what situations that happen in government revolve or you know, involve the way you live, involve mm-hmm. the way you work, involve where you live. And we all do these things in differing ways. Mm-hmm. Therefore, someone else is going to have a different political view than me. That means their life is different than me. Who am I to tell you how to live? Right. And therefore, who are you to tell me how to live? Because that's kind of how politics are for the most part. Now, that's not everything, though. That mm-hmm. doesn't give you a right to be downright an asshole, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and that doesn't give you a right to be a prick to your fellow human man. Um, so that's, but that's, that's, but because of all that stuff, politics is going to come into play in everything. Mm-hmm. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Well, my God, I don't think it's hard to wear a damn mask, you know, and I, some people don't do it because they, they don't think that, you know, science, the science that they've found have shown that it doesn't help much. Well, okay, maybe you're right, but a lot of people believe it does. So it's like maybe the simplest thing. I don't understand why people fight it so much. I guess that's just where I'm at. Yeah, I think the challenge that we live in in society today is, you know, whether it's social media or how we communicate, it feels like 
you have to take a polarized position. You're not allowed to ever have a middle ground, right? And you're and you're supposed to make a decision instantaneously rather than, you know, give it time, learn as much as you possibly can and f- come to a logical conclusion, right? Which is kind of what's the point of science. You make a hypothesis, you test it, then you come to a conclusion. People are able to call you out, say that you your experiment was bad or, you know, your process was bad or you overlooked something or whatever. And, you know, it's it's a long process. But in today's society, we have to we have to react immediately. It feels like, and therefore we take sides, and then and then it's hard to you know admit that you're wrong, and then and then I guess you admitted you're wrong, and that's horrible. Um, I don't know. We've got we've gone on a big tangent, but I'll, I'll say this. Um, I just want to I just want to get back to some semblance of normal, and if that's if that means we have to wear masks, great. I guess maybe this segues nicely into. You're watching basketball again. What's yeah. what, what is it like even going to gyms now? I'm not going to gyms, but like, what's it like going to gyms? I'm sure you're seeing all sides of the spectrum. Well, we've, this is be my fourth weekend reporting on basketball. The first weekend was all online. Um, Prep Hoops said first weekend, which was the July fourth weekend, found a facility in Wisconsin where you. Eat, I, I don't remember the exact rule, but I think it's like one one guest per player. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was 15 per team guest per player or guest per team. They come in, they got to leave right away. It's in and it's out. Now it's in Appleton, Wisconsin and all the, and it was all the stands were upstairs. Like mm-hmm. in a, like in a, not in a catwalk situation, but like a balcony, um, seated balcony. And it was perfect. Um, in terms of keeping the people away from the players. The second weekend, I went down to Iowa. Uh, absolutely felt unsafe. Um, that was there was barely any Minnesota team. There's just a few. There was teams from Nebraska and Iowa and South Dakota. I would say that weekend, I there was probably an average of 250 to 300 people in the gym. I bet I saw four people wearing masks. Yeah. And once I wasn't as you know, I'm not. I'm not wearing a mask all seconds of the day when I'm not in my house. I'm just, I'm not to that level. Yeah, same. But when I was, and then in the gym, I didn't have one on at first because I was in my own area, but then I put one on. I was the fifth person with one on once he started getting too close, in close, and the next thing you know, it's damn near shoulder to shoulder. I left. I just didn't feel safe enough after it was shoulder to shoulder. Watched my four games. And then the week after that, the week after that was, uh, was an online tournament. Um, excuse me. No, no, no. The week after that was, was the next Iowa tournament in that, the, in the, in the time that we went from one tournament to the next, the Iowa tournament, I actually screwed up those days. The Iowa tournament was June 29th, 30th. The Appleton thing was over July 4th. And then I was back in Ames on the, on watching this jamming in July tournament last weekend. That was different. Um, that thing is we have, we have more Minnesota teams and there was way more masks. And I would say 60 to 65% of the people had a mask and the players would put them on like after they were done playing. Um, the gym didn't have limitations of people in there. They, the only thing the gym did was check the temperatures that came in. That was it. That's Iowa. Mm-hmm. This weekend, there's a tournament in Shakopee that's got a lot of teams D1 Minnesota's team, Minnesota Heat, Minnesota Comets, Minnesota Fury. Very good local tournament. Their rules are very strict. One guest per player. You're in, you're out when the game's done. Um, you, it's, it's, there's very big social distancing in the stands. I, as a media person in the big gym, I can sit off in the corner to my own. Um, or in the side field house gyms, I have to stand on the baseline because so I'm not to the count what, by the play, play, people in the stands. Everyone has to wear a mask in, in the gym in Minnesota. Um, I think that's the same in Wisconsin, too, because our prep hoops tournaments say fans have to wear masks. I, um, the overall comfort of it, I was more comfortable the second time in names. I'll be more comfortable uh, in this tournament locally. I was not comfortable the first time I went to, uh, to Iowa. Um, overall, I'm not totally comfortable with the whole idea. But it's they're taking a lot of precautions, um, and I'm going to go do my job as long as I feel, for the most part, safe. Yeah, 
Interesting. So what are you what are you seeing? What are you seeing from a gopher recruiting standpoint? Um, I, I know there's a number of guys you've gotten to watch that the gophers have offered. I know more and more guys have been offered. We've we've seen some guys that had offers commit elsewhere. You know, what's what's the current pulse on gopher recruiting as we're looking at maybe twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two and what are you seeing? Well, we have a lot. Look, you read the gopher message. Gopher message for us. I we do. Have the, we have the. We need to recruit well local crowd versus the I don't care where they come from crowd. Yep. And the I don't care where they come from crowd, you know, got sick of the will to cheddar uh, conversation real fast. But fact is, most of the offers to kids come in the local area. Mm-hmm. So, and because of that, that's what we're looking at right now. And last weekend I saw Trayton Thompson. Um, I've watched a lot of Trayton Thompson from this winter. And what I saw this weekend was similar. Very, very improved defensively. Possession by possession, he's been well taught about positioning, about, um, about positioning. He's very physical. Very, he's, his chatter is good. His defensive talk is good. Good passer. Um, he has added the weight. He needs to add more, but that's why he's down where he's at. At 25 pounds, I believe he told me, since last summer to this summer. Hopes to do the same from this summer to next summer. Going to college, 215 about there, I would guess. Um, he looks good offensively. He always has a nice touch. Such a good passer. Still, you know, still does not get a great number of shots. Um, he mixes in an aggression of his own offense with being a very good team passer. He's very good at the top of the key. Love him on the ball screen. Love him ball rotation. Love him hitting cutters. Um, he's unselfish in that way. I, he just gets to build those touches. Well, cut more confidence in his teammates and him. Builds more confidence in his offensive game. I think he's fairly confident in his shot. Shot looks good. That's Trayton Thompson. Probably the most important thing because he's a gopher commander. Yeah, and he and he is a Alexandria um, product, right? He has gone elsewhere. Um, so far for prep school, but he's adding, like you said, he's adding weight. He's playing against better competition. Um, what, what are some other guys the Gophers have offered here in this 21 uh, class? And who, you know, maybe who are some of those priorities? Maybe, maybe focus more so on guys that you've seen uh, a little bit more. Uh, that, that to me is always more interesting when you get an eye evaluation. To be honest, Luke, I think my count is right. Minnesota has offered four 2021 kids, known offers. Of course, there might be somebody behind yeah. doors, somebody that didn't announce it, we didn't see it. Um, somebody that just didn't announce it and hasn't been, uh, really hasn't leaked to us. But four known offers for 2021 in the last four months. Those four guys are Will Tachetter, who recently committed to Michigan, Ty Ty Washington, who is down in Arizona. Go, he's a, goes to Arizona Compass Prep, which is the same school that Bo Scotch went to. They recently offered Sean Padula, Padula from Oklahoma. Sean is like the minute uh, scholar junior for that, man. Junior for that. Yeah. Just an explosively skilled offensive player. And then locally, somewhat locally, they offered David Joplin from Brookfield Central in Wisconsin, who plays for the D1 Minnesota team. Those are the four guys I have recently, you know, Will committed to Michigan. So uh-huh. basically your 2021 targets are mixed in with Kendall Brown, Chet Holmgren, and, you know, that's off the top of my head, that's crew. Um, recently I have seen David Joplin and Sean play. Sean has some of the deepest range you will ever see a player have. And, he just in, he goes head to head against other top players, and his competitive nature, his competitive level, is off the charts. It sounds like your kind of guy. This really does sound like your kind of guy. He he is he he is. I'm just he. My, my problem was what I'm worried about is Sean is every game I looked at, he just gets against good teams. He gets picked off by screen so easily. He's not a big frame guy. Sure, but at the same time, they, he's so fast. This is one of the, the quickest kids with one of some of the fastest handles you'll ever see. Ball handling skills are off the charts. The range of his jumper is off the charts. And he has this like stone cold killer look on his face 
every time he makes shots. Like, this dude isn't the type of guy who's like, oh, I make four, I'll dare him to miss. This dude's like, please the ball so I can make five, six, and seven. Like, he's out of this world in that way. And then David Joplin, you know, David Joplin is kind of, is a six, seven, six, eight, strong guy. You initially would look at him and think, yeah, he's got the frame of probably a power forward. But then you see him play, and you see him push the basketball, you see him shoot the basketball, you see him fade, you see him separate, turn the corner, and he has more of a small forward game than like than what you initially look at him. I don't. I have to look this weekend closer to see what he's like defensively, which is your ultimate decider if he's really a more of a three or a four. But his skill level is top now. He just got offered by Texas the other day. David Joplin's like a top 150 guy. He would be the, a very good wing prospect. Minnesota has offered four guys now in that big wing area. Um, David, John Padulkis, I believe, I, I think it is, from Illinois, Peyton Sanford from Iowa, and Kendall Brown. Um, so obviously they, need, they want a big wing. Those are and those are four names to keep an eye on. But David's really good. He'll be in Minnesota this weekend at the D one Minnesota tournament. Um, what what about twenty twenty two? I imagine some of these guys are you're getting to see some you know, early offers have gone out already. Um, some of these guys are going into their junior seasons, um, you know, playing bigger roles on their seventeen U teams. Maybe some of them are still playing sixteen U. Um, have you gotten a chance to see any of these guys in action? Without a doubt. And the Minnesota 2022 class is deep. It's right. stacked with talent. Um, Trey Holloman, this kid, his, I don't want to put him in the Jones category in terms of like pigeon. I don't want to just limit him to who they are. I don't want him to say he's a third Jones. But you can't watch Trey Holloman play and not think about Trey and Tyus Jones because there's so many positive comparisons. You know, he's got that explosive athleticism like Trey had. He has that ability like Tyus has to attack the basket, force the defense to make contact. He then is so good at a sneaky separation, just like Tyus was, and then Trey too. And then he makes plays off of that. And the most important thing, he just has this knack to get all guys on his team involved, all guys on his team playing at a high level, and all guys on his team following in a way that wins basketball games. He's just a kid that guys want to compete with, that makes others better, and they win. Like He's just he's like the Jones kids in that way. He just gets guys to play with him. You know, guys who are on the court with Trey Holloman, just like the Jones kids, they love playing with him, and they're all involved. And that is what Trey does. And, you know, Howard Pulley, they don't have the roster this year that they've had in years past. They have good players, but a lot of them are young and raw and developing. And Trey got them to beat, you know, some good teams last weekend at the 17U level. And Trey's team, now Trey has two teammates that are going to be seniors next year. Um, The rest of them are going to be juniors. And they were playing teams that were mostly going to be seniors including the best team in South Dakota and probably the second best team in Nebraska. And they, and they beat these teams. Oh, South Dakota team actually beat them by the buzzer. But then Pulley beat the other three. And Trey just wills these teams to win. He's, his mother plays in the University of Minnesota. Trey is always on campus. He is such an important recruit, which is why Tom Izzo has only offered, only offered him and nobody else for the future point guard-wise. That's why Izzo wants him so bad. But mm-hmm. he recognizes his talent. But Trey is such an important recruit for Minnesota. If they get him, it's so crucial. Guys want to play with him. They, we all said this about McKinley Wright. Like, everyone wanted to play with McKinley Wright. Everybody wanted to compete with him. They loved him. Trey is a similar family. Mm-hmm. And it's very important. Now, another guy is Camden Heidi. Mm-hmm. Camden's from Wyzetta. Camden, unfortunately, had an injury uh, to start the, the, his sophomore year at Wyzetta. He then had a nagging problem in the middle of the season that led to him not being totally 100%. Now he has a stress fracture in his foot. He won't play until August. But he is still 
the highest-ranked player in that class by various services. Well, pretty much all services, except for ESPN. But I, <laughs> we've had the rant on ESPN before. Yeah, we, we don't need to, we don't need to talk again. about them anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, Camden is sitting out right now, another vitally important recruit from Minnesota. I'm him, you know, he's kind of similar to David Joplin in the size, skill. Camden is just, you know, agility. Camden is just younger and thought of more because, you know, he's younger and in a similar spot. Um, I suppose Eli King is doing like God of Sir Walter right now. Eli King is yeah. like, you just kind of marvel watching him. Like, he had a rebound. Like, he lifted with another D1 guy, and the other guy was coming down, and then Eli just kept going up and up. It was like, what the hell? Like, who's pulling this kid? You right. know? And then he's, then he had these, like, transition push dribbles up the floor, and you're like, oh my God. Like, who? What kind of speed is this with the ball? It's just nuts. And then he'll attack, he'll attack, like, a crowd of four guys, and you're thinking to yourself, no way. There's too many people. And then Eli just elevates a step or two inside the lane and dunks or finishes at the box. And you're just like, that's the thing. That's Eli King. And everyone's like, you know, kind of, they kind of look at these highlights and think, shooting guard. Well, in the two games I watched him play, Eli had eight assists in one game and six in the other. Yeah. So he's distributing pretty well, too. So a question on him real quick. Um, I know he's a dual-sport athlete. Gun to your head, what do you think he does? Like, today. Just just a total well, guess. I know he doesn't know, but do you have any sense? Yeah. I uh, the only sense I'll give you is that Noah and well, Owen, his older brothers, both were football scholarship level guys, and both chose basketball. Okay. So because of that, I just say fifty one percent to forty nine. I, I say basketball, but in Owen and Noah didn't have scholarship offers in Notre Dame and Minnesota and Iowa and wherever yeah. the hell else is recruiting him for football. Like what? So it, it's. It's so tough to say. Well, well, like, I mean, Luke, he doesn't even have a cell phone. Right. Like, he can't even listen to the pitches of these guys, you know, for the most part, because he can't take their text messages every day. Right. Or he doesn't have a so Twitter either, so he can't check the DMs and listen to their, their pitches either. So right. if you can't listen to a pitch, how are you really going to pick your school, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Favorite. What, what are the odds? I know this is super, super, super rare, but, like, you know, I I, re, I remember like Austin Safarian Jenkins for the University of Washington. He played football and basketball. What are the odds that he, this actually goes down? Usually, the guy plays football and happens to play a little bit of basketball. You know, later in the season. But do you think that's even remotely a possibility here? When was when was that Austin Safarian Jenkins did that? Oh, that was seven years ago. Eight years ago? I mean, it was a while ago. And he was a reserve in basketball. He usually never started until after the bowl season, right? He, his, his trajectory is always football. He, and, you know, he, played, he had a hot cup of coffee in the NFL for maybe three or four years. You know, when you think about these guys, they all talk about it and we get excited about it. But, like, really, what impact are they really having? Like, right. Donald McNabb played basketball. But really, did Donna McMahon really impact games in a huge way? Julius Peppers. Yeah. Did really impact games in the monster. We not helped. But like Charlie Ward, on the other hand. Yes. Now that dude did. And this and if you and you'll come up with that example back then that did, but who who's doing that these days? Nobody. You know, I mean it's because football has so much mandatory workouts in the winter. And mm-hmm. they have spring football. And it just doesn't happen. You see some baseball, football, but you just don't see, you know, basketball starting earlier, you know? Right. It's just, you just don't see it anymore. I, I, it's almost, to be honest with you, I'm, I don't even like entertain the thought anymore. This is not there. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's, there's the, the times, the time commitment for a sport these days, it's bigger because basketball is starting earlier. Mm-hmm. And football has added so much in February, March, and April. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost impossible to do. All right. Uh, any other guys you want to hit on? You hit Eli King, um, Camden Heidi, other 2022s? Well, Joel Horlbert oh, yeah. in North Dakota yeah. is 6'10", 6'11". You know, it's, there's not a great comparison for him, but I throw Henry Ellenson out there, and here's why. Henry 
had an older brother that went to the University of Minnesota, Wally. Joel Herbert, mm-hmm. Joel Herbert, Hor- Herbert had an older brother that went to the University of Minnesota. He was just a student. He was a really good high school basketball player in North Dakota. He's like a top 15 kid. Just decided to go to Minnesota as a student. Um, so, like Henry, Joel had an older brother that went to the University of Minnesota. And because of that, he's been on campus a lot. Like Henry Ellenson, Joel Herbert plays for D1 Minnesota. He's mm-hmm. in the state next door, but he comes and plays for D1 Minnesota. And like Henry Ellenson, Joel Herbert is excessively skilled in a gigantic body at the similar age. Now, Henry was more aggressive. Joe is taller than Henry was. Henry, because he was more physically, like his physical size and agility was there at an earlier age, he did more, but dude, there's... I don't know that Joe's going to catch up to Henry's, you know, top, you know, 20, 22nd, 18th ranked in this class ranking, but it won't be that far because this dude is so big and skilled. And if you're, university, you're the University of Minnesota, you have a guy who's very familiar with Minnesota, likes Minnesota, has said he's a for fans because he likes coming to the Twin Cities and he likes going to do stuff in the University of Minnesota because his brother did it before him. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to bring a guy in who really has a high interest in your program. On the flip side, this dude's offer list is going to have just about everybody. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a top 40 kid in the end because he's so big and so skilled. Like I've said this before, you cannot find guys who are 6'10", 6'11", who move well and that are skilled. You just don't. There's barely any 6'10", 6'11", guys on the planet, much less super skilled, much less agile. Mm-hmm. So because of that, he's going to be pretty high ranked. Yeah, but that's someone obvious. They've offered him, right? Yes. Just recently, I think, too. Yes, this last Saturday after... See, colleges, you play in names, you can't see this thing called Live Barn, and, I mean, let's all chuckle together that games <laughs> are in Iowa and their service is called Live Barn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, although we are in Williams Arena in the barn. Yep. So, but, like, their video cameras are on the, on the roof. And you're looking straight down at the court, and all these colleges are watching these games. Well, the Gophers were obviously watching that day, and they offered David Joplin, Eli King, and Joel Herbert at the same time last Saturday. Well, not the exact same time, within a couple hours. All right, so um, those are probably the high-priority targets uh, that you see right now. Obviously, it is more games are played, things are going to evolve. Um, what, do you, what do you think from a priority standpoint uh, who those 2022 guys are if you put a leaderboard together right now? High priority, you know, because they're so vocal about it, um, I would say Camden, Heidi, Trey Holloman, Joseph Hurlbert are your main priorities with Prince Alekbees right there too. Prince is a little out of the conversation right now because Prince has Prince and Chet Holmgren and them. Their AU team hasn't played a game yet. So, oh yeah, right. So I think they actually play this weekend in Kansas City. But that's your 2022 pri- uh, priority group. Add in Eli King. Don't forget Elvis Naji. Elvis is currently injured and not playing. Um, so, but that's that's your crew. Um, that's your group. Keep those guys. It's it's mainly. A Minnesota core of players plus Joseph Hurlbert in North Dakota. And, all, and oh, can't forget Tam and Lipsy. Oh, Don't yeah. forget Tam and Lipsy in Iowa. He has a legit interest in being here, too. So if you miss on Trey Holloman, dude, it, it, it's the perfect year to grab a point guard. You don't get Trey Holloman, you lose him to Michigan State. Okay, go get Eli King or Tam and Lipsy, and you move on with life with a big smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And and then all of the we prefer local kids will rejoice, assuming they can land some of these guys. But if they don't, they are going to melt down completely. Yes, the fans will. I mean, <laughs> dude, there's going to be more kids. The 2022 class is stacked. There's a six-two, or excuse me, there's a six-six wing at Mikado East named B.J. Omad who's yeah. on the come up. Joseph, all of Joseph, Joseph. I'm saying this wrong. Joseph, all of Joseph. <laughs> I'm messing up the name a little bit here, but you get my drift. Osseo 6'5 kid, 
a Johnny Lee from Byron, 6'9 and growing, agile as all hell. One of these kids, if not two, is going to grow to that level. Willie Wilson, maybe Minneapolis North, too. Like, these kids, like Chase Carter, Randy Carter's son, is growing yep. one inch per year. Like, and he already has a Minnesota for. Like, these kids are all going to keep, you know, of all the kids I named, a couple of them will probably have, will add, become high-priority targets as well. Like, the, the, the talent is in abundance at every single position in that class. Uh, center, I told you, Herbert, power forward, you have Johnny Lee. Um, also up front, you have Elvis Najee. On the wing, you have Prince. On the wing, you could have Omat. On the wing, you could have Ola Joseph. On the wing, you've already offered Heidi and the like be. At point guard, it's named the other three guys and Lipsy. You don't need, like, that's all those names. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. All right there in Minnesota, Iowa, and North Dakota. This is what you need. There's a ton of prospects. You have everything you need to get right there. You know, and I, in adding Trey Thompson, adding Blue Scotch, those things help. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, it was fun to catch up, um, hear, hearing a lot of what's going on. Um, uh, my thoughts are going to be with you as you continue to watch basketball. Um, if you need some mass support, um, I will, I will hashtag support you. Um, you know, it's, it's proud. It's, it, t- it sounds like it's tough out there, especially down in that Iowa area. So, um, stay strong, my friend. Yeah, we're pretty much done in the Iowa area. Like my goal is mostly to watch everything on baller TV, all prep hoops events. I'm watching on baller TV. Uh-huh. But they don't have that for the local G1 tournament, I don't believe. Plus, it's right down the street. And I am, they're playing it in a gigantic gym. Like, yeah. you can go stand in the corner and be, if you want, because the limited amount of people that are coming in, you can be 20 yards from somebody if you want to. Sure. I'm good with that. I just didn't like, it was hard in Iowa. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think we're going to yeah. I'm not, I don't think we're going to see that situation again. I've heard so. similar things. My my neighbor, his kid plays in some elite baseball team here for Minnesota, and a similar thing where they were not comfortable down at these baseball tournaments down in Iowa. So I think this is kind of a just another reason to hate on Iowa because who hates Iowa? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this weekend, I, I know people have asked if you can go to this tournament. I really don't think you can because – yeah. They're only letting a certain amount of family members in, one per kid, and therefore everyone can be spaced out and safe. And therefore, I'm, I'm way, way more comfortable coming, going to the local tournaments in Minnesota because of those reasons. And the tournaments that are prep hoops are putting on, we're allowed to watch them online instead. Mm-hmm. Also very comfortable. Mm-hmm. The only thing was the Iowa thing, and I'm just happy that I don't have to worry about that anymore. All right, man. Well, stay safe. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, do do leave a positive comment and rate and review on whatever aggregator that you listen. We appreciate it a lot. Thanks for listening, and go Gophers. Yes, and if we talk too much politics, we're sorry. We're just sharing our feelings <laughs> about the world. You know, wonder years. Sorry. Um, the kid's name is Joshua Joseph. I'm sorry I had a mental <laughs> slip there. Like I told you, like I mess up words sometimes. There you go. All right. Have a good summer, everybody.